What's up, what's up, Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because you can't stop the waves, but you can learn to surf. You couldn't hardly open up your laptop or unlock your phone this year without reading about one of those oncoming waves, NFTs, non-fungible tokens. When you start to see JPEGs selling for tens of thousands of dollars, you can't help but ask, wait a minute, what's going on here? And as is often the case when these new shiny things pop up, I try and learn from those who are a few steps ahead, who've been there, done that. In this episode, you're going to meet Michael Kwan from FinanciallyAlert.com. He's a father of two who retired at 36 and calls himself an accidental NFT investor. I met Michael at FinCon this fall and called him up to try and get some clarity on the sometimes murky world of NFTs and find out where the opportunity may lie for side hustlers on the buying, trading, and creating side. Notes and links for this one are at sidehustlenation.com slash NFT. Ready? Let's do it. NFTs are really fascinating. A lot of people, they think of them as little images and they're like, well, why would anyone want to pay an absurd amount of money for an image? I could just go take a picture of that and put it on my own phone. And once you start digging into the details, you start to understand, oh, there's a lot more to unwrap here. And where it really started for me was that I've always done a lot of side hustles because I, after selling my IT business, I had some free time to myself and so explored different things like real estate investing, stocks and equities. And one of the things that I came to realize was that at different times in history, there's different opportunities to really invest into something and get better returns. And so while at times we don't necessarily want to chase money, I would say, There's opportunities that come once in a while that are really fascinating and really great. And what I mean by that is in technology, if we think back to the early dot-com days, we had the internet search engine wars and dot-com businesses were getting funding left and right. And this was back in the late 90s and money was getting thrown left and right and people were making gobs of money. And so what I equate NFTs to this day is a similar kind of time frame. It's very, very early on. And while most people think of NFTs as pictures, it goes well beyond that. Yeah, I've heard it I've heard it described as like digital baseball cards in one use case where you can take a picture of the Mickey Mantle rookie card, but it's not the real thing. And so the NFT is like the someone described it as the ultimate certificate of authenticity. It says like this is it. It's like, you know, assigned this very unique uh, identifier and all this stuff. But there's still like no inherent value. <laughs> like I'm trying to think of like comparing it to like collectibles, I guess maybe is the, is the closest thing where it's like, okay, the Mickey Mantle rookie card is just a piece of cardboard with a picture on it. Like versus um, buying shares of profitable companies as an alternative. Like, oh, if I'm going to throw stuff into Microsoft, Amazon as an alternative thing. So that's where I'm maybe nervous about it as like an investment versus a speculation play like they haven't been around long enough to have this like track record of appreciation does that make sense oh absolutely yeah it makes it makes a lot of sense nick and it gets confusing especially in the beginning and so here's i think my answer to that with an nft because it is again on the blockchain and because it's unique i, I love your description of it's a the ultimate authenticity certificate right because it's something that is very specific to time period. So for example, if they release an NFT, let's just say tomorrow, and it's the first one ever, there's an inherent limited quantity, right? So let's just say they release a thousand of them. 
those thousand will be showing up on the blockchain at that incident in time. And that becomes very limited, right? There's only a thousand created ever. And anything that they create after that is not going to be as valuable because there's not going to be as much supply. Okay. This is similar to what Nike does when they say, well, we're making this super limited edition sneaker and everybody tries to get it, you know, at midnight when it releases. And then the resellers come out and you find it on, on eBay at a, at a market price. Yeah, it's exactly that. And to that end, yeah, you're right. Some of the utility or the benefit for the owner of the NFT, right, is going to be, yeah, there's this little art picture potentially that goes along with it, maybe an avatar. But beyond that, what's happening is they're building additional elements of utility. And what I mean by that is it can actually function also as a pass. So maybe it gives you entrance into a specific elite club. Maybe it gives you access to an event. Maybe it gives you even royalties to a specific ownership of, in the future, it could be property, it could be ownership into a company, it could, and it has all these capabilities to actually grow well beyond just kind of like a digital piece of art. And so that's the piece where I get excited because my history is in technology. And so where I was talking about the dot-com days, right, everyone's trying to figure out how is the internet going to be, you know, this new way of doing commerce. And as you see, obviously, it's taken off, of course. And the digital age that we live in now is now, we're now into what's called Web 3.0. So being able to operate on cryptocurrency and this underlying technology, whether or not it's, you know, actually on cryptocurrency and you see it as that, the ability to do what's called smart contracts gives us the ability to create additional value for the holder of an NFT. So I'll give you a, a quick case. There's an app called Vivi. And Vivi, you collect different digital assets. And for example, two weeks ago, we were just in trying to grab the first Disney NFTs ever. So they partnered up with Vivi. Vivi released a couple of different sets of NFTs that were specific to Disney. And so, of course, people are clamoring to get them because it was the first Disney ever. And so that's the first utility, right? You're getting a little 3D image of Elsa or maybe Mickey Sorcerer Hat. And you pay about $60 or so. So, of course, there's that collector utility, right? Because people, once they buy them, they're like, ooh, this is the first one ever. And so people speculate and it goes up. So that's one piece of the utility, obviously the biggest one that you're seeing in the marketplace. But along with that, they also gave Disney Plus subscriptions with anyone that bought the NFT. So that's a specific, you know, actual use case scenario where you're getting additional utility that's tied to the NFT. Disney loves this because they're like, this is like free money for us. We have oh, graphic yes. designers already <laughs> working for us. Oh, we could put together a picture of Elsa. Shoot, we already have one over here on this computer. Now somebody's going to give us 60 bucks for it? Like, okay, it's free money. Oh, sure, we'll make a thousand of them. Like, okay, so I get that from the creator standpoint. This is like free money. And maybe there's like these added, oh, you can have my, uh, you can come to my private Discord, my, my private community. Or maybe we'll, you know, we'll fly and have this in-person thing, you know, once a year. Like that might be cool too. Am I going down the right path? Like, because a lot of the audience is, you know, creators, community builders. Have you played around on the on the creator side? So I haven't specifically played on the creator side. However, it's really fantastic for the creators. Uh, my sister's an artist, and what you can do is you can create your own NFTs. Let's just say you have your own digital work, or maybe it's even printed works. You can actually tie an NFT to that specific work and create a limited number of them. And you can go onto an app like OpenSea and create your own NFT. And there's there's a number of different things that you know you potentially would want to do if you're a creator to 
to actually release your own NFT. But here's one of the great things about NFTs. Because we're using what's called a smart contract, anytime that a creator sells the NFT, they can collect a royalty on the back end and build that into the smart contract. And then what happens is, let's just say you're holding it, Nick, and then you sell it to me. Anytime you sell a transaction from one person to another, the creator also gets another fee. So they get a royalty off of that. So it's really cool for artists because, you know, a lot of times in the current commerce world, you know, it's just these big publishing companies or these big media companies that are taking all the profits, right? And then you're hearing about it, you know, the artists that, you know, might have sold millions of records, you know, they get a fraction of the royalties. Okay. In this case, you're seeing actually artists come out with their own NFTs that are tied to their music. It doesn't actually have to be an image. It could actually be tied to a specific song and they go out and maybe it's traded and they can get a royalty best out for that as well. So that's kind of where the space is headed. It's going to be coming more integrated into multimedia across the board, not just specific to images. Okay. That's an interesting one where I'm thinking I used to work for Ford and so they'd sell a car once and they would make their money on that. But then, you know, on the used car market, it might change hands another five or 10 times in its useful life. And they're not seeing any of that. So this would be a way on a digital product to say, okay, I'm going to get uh, a royalty if this thing is resold. Again, it's maybe it's similar to the the government, the sales tax on this. Well, you're, if you're going to sell it, you still got to owe us uh, this license fee or the sales tax on it. Have you seen people doing with podcasts? Like, could I turn this podcast into an F- NFT or like this specific episode? I haven't seen that yet, but I definitely believe that's going to be the case going forward in the future. I think a lot of podcasters, as they kind of build their communities out, they may have their own NFTs that are associated that gives the listeners, especially the ones that are really engaged, additional benefits and utility based off of that NFT. And so, yeah, the door's wide open for creators to come in and be very creative with smart contracts. And that's why I'm so excited about this is because developers right now are figuring out different ways to use the NFTs. They're creating games. They're creating what's called DAOs, where it's like individual people that hold the NFT can actually determine what happens to the organization and how they actually buy and sell things as a group. In terms of, I think, real estate, at some point, all the records right now are on public records with you know some sort of entity. But imagine if you had all the public records on the blockchain and it's just all public knowledge. No one can change it. It's literally set in stone because it's protected by cryptocurrency and cryptology. I mean, imagine what happens when everything is locked into place and you know no one can change that. And it's not dependent upon a municipality to, to you know, control some of those property records. I believe that's where we're going. That's going to take us some time. But there's a huge opportunity, not just for you know, short-term gains, but I think for longer, you know, bigger picture items and applications. Okay. So if I am bullish on this crypto future, what's my first step? Like I, I own a little bit of Ethereum and some, uh, where is it? Uh, a little bit on BlockFi, a little bit on Coinbase. You know, what, what else can I do to get involved here? So the way that you buy and sell NFTs currently, it depends on which blockchain you're buying it on. But for the most part, things that you're hearing in the media are typically NFTs that are built into the Ethereum network. So the general process is this. Once you have some ETH or Ether, you take it and you would transfer it to a Web 3.0 type of a wallet. And so the most popular one that's out there currently is called MetaMask. 
MetaMask basically integrates into your browser, let's say Chrome, or if you're using like Brave or, you know, whatever browser there is, it'll integrate in and then it'll allow you to connect to a creator's website. And so let's just say that there's a creator out there that's going to release most projects drop about 10,000 at a time. That's what we're seeing currently. And when they drop this project, if you're in position to buy one, you might get onto a pre-sale list or what's called a white list, and you can buy it before the rest of the general public. Once that pre-sale list gets um, expires, usually it's about a 24-hour window, it could be a little bit less, but once that expires, it goes out to the rest of the public, and that's called the drop. It's basically the release of this NFT. And so at that point, you would go onto their website with your MetaMask wallet, and you would connect to their site. It would say, connect your MetaMask, you click on it, and then it'll give the ability to what's called mint. And all minting means is that you're basically buying their NFT from their smart contract, and then you're going to be putting it into your MetaMask wallet. And so you go through this process, you have to pay some fees, obviously, for the NFT directly. And currently, most are getting usually about 0.08 ETH is the going price for on average, but you'll see some for a little bit less, you'll see some for a little bit more. And then you do have to pay what's called some gas fees. So gas fees are basically paying the miners on the Ethereum network to basically log all the transaction and make sure that everything is getting recorded properly onto the blockchain. And so there are some transaction fees that you have to consider. It's funny, I'm in Brave right now and I've seen this little wallet icon in the top right and never knew what that was. So it's like, oh, okay. Apparently that's for holding my uh, crypto wallet, MetaMask. Okay. More with Michael in just a moment, including some recommended tools of the trade. But first, if you are a freelancer, a service provider, an agency owner, there's one tool that you're going to want to have in your toolbox, and that's our sponsor, FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the affordable, award-winning, all-in-one accounting solution that's built for business owners like you. At some point, you're going to hear these magic words, send me the invoice, or sounds good, how do we pay you? That's when you fire up FreshBooks and you draft a great-looking, professionally-branded invoice in just a few clicks. You send it off, and you get paid fast. Actually, before that, you might even take advantage of the estimates or proposals tools inside FreshBooks to really wow your prospective clients. Trusted by millions of business owners worldwide, FreshBooks is all about working smarter, faster. In fact, consistent FreshBooks users report saving up to 11 hours a week in the process. That is a lot more time to move your business forward. And with tax season almost upon us, FreshBooks has your back. Inside your dashboard, you're going to find tons of helpful reports to choose from so you'll know exactly where your business stands and you can easily hand over the keys to your accountant so they can take over when it's time to reconcile everything for the year. Side Hustle Show listeners can claim a 30-day completely free trial at freshbooks.com slash side hustle. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle and enter the side hustle show in the how did you hear about us section to get started today. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. 
For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How about on the purchasing side, we're saying, okay, I want to get involved in this space. I think there's limited downside and, you know, maybe a hopeful upside future here. And, and of course, like, don't spend any more than you would be comfortable taking to the roulette table. But what makes something attractive to you? Or is it like an open marketplace? You have to just follow certain creators to get notified of these drops? Or, you know, what does that initial part of the process look like for you? Yeah, great question. And really quick, I, I think I really like what you said, Nick. First and foremost, in the NFT space, this can be highly volatile, right? So first and foremost, this is not financial advice, of course, right? Spend what you can spend and be comfortable losing is what I tell people typically. Because yeah, you don't know where this is going specifically. So keep that in mind, first and foremost. With that said, what's so interesting about this space, and although it's more speculative, right? There's an asymmetric risk to reward opportunity here. And what I mean by that is that the amount of money that you actually have to put up relative to the amount of money that you can actually receive in return is a little bit out of whack right now. And that's because we're really early in this NFT space. And anytime that you're in a market early, there's going to be definitely some bigger opportunities for people to profit. At the same time, there's also more opportunities to lose money. But here's the thing. With NFTs, you don't have to necessarily put a lot of money into it. So I like to tell people, you know what, just put a little bit in and spend the rest of the time getting information. Because ultimately, information in this space is what allows you to get some of these bigger profits. And so one example is my friend Joe. He was asking me, you know, how are you doing this? And I started showing him how to get his MetaMask, how to connect and everything, and then how to ultimately go into Twitter and Discord. These are the places where you're actually finding information out about specific projects they're going to be dropping in the future. And there's literally hundreds, if not thousands of projects that are coming along every quarter. And so sometimes there's ones that are very big. You can see by the amount of people in their Discord, you can see by the amount of people that are following them on Twitter, that they have a lot of demand. So you first and foremost want to be able to figure out, okay, do people even want this NFT once it finally drops? Or is it something that, you know, there's not really any activity <laughs> and I'm going to lose all my money once I give it to them? <laughs> like I made this thing and then there's, there's no other demand. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. So you, what you want to do is you want to go and look at what's called the roadmap. And if you go to their website for a specific project, they'll typically show you a roadmap. They're going to say, okay, we're going to drop this NFT. And this is what, you know, we're trying to do. This may just be a pure art play and it's very specific to this artist and that's why it's valuable. Or it might be, you know what, this is a game. And once you buy the NFT, it gives you these set of, you know, tools in the game and then you build things and then you might have to stake or put aside certain you put aside your NFT for a certain amount of time to gain different rewards. And so there's a lot of different game theory going on in what people are trying to figure out in terms of how to profit from these. 
But with any type of market, it doesn't matter if it's the stock market, the real estate market, or the NFT market, there has to be a certain level of demand and momentum to be able to, I think, profit in the short term. And so again, if you're finding these projects, and what I do and, I, and some other people do is, you know, you create a Discord and you basically start finding these things, taking time to really research and dig into understanding what's going on in this community. And then if you get on their early whitelists, you can buy the NFT, like I was saying, like maybe a day in advance. And sometimes you can actually sell it even before they actually release it to the general public. And other times you just wait. And once it gets released, you'll see the price just, you know, shoot up. And so if you've bought, you know, more than one, you could potentially sell one for a profit and then you can hold another one for the long term. You know, ultimately it might go to zero, but it could actually continue to grow over time. So sometimes we don't necessarily know. And it's an opportunity to kind of play both sides, the short term game and the long term game. So it really depends on what your kind of focus is and how much money you want to put into this. But for the people that don't have that much money initially, I say, you know, do your due diligence, do a lot of research and find people, influencers that are giving good information, what we call in the space alpha information that can ultimately make you a profit. Any of those teachers that you recommend? Well, here's a, here's a well-known one that you probably know, maybe you didn't know he's in the NFT space, but Gary Vaynerchuk. I mean, he's huge into NFTs right now. And this is one of the reasons why I'm so bullish is because, you know, Gary V even from the early days of social media, so Web 2.0, right? He knew what was going on in terms of where the momentum was driving. And so for him now, he's like, you know what? It's time now to move forward. And with the smart contracts, we're able to do so much more. So there's a play, of course, on just the art, but also beyond the art and the utility. And so like other influencers, me included, do we know exactly where the profit centers are exactly at this moment in time? No, because there's there's going to be a ton more coming. There's going to be more applications. There's going to be different things. In the interim, though, there's all these other opportunities of where people are just buying and trading the art. And you know, I've got friends that have made over probably multiple six figures, if not seven figures in the last year alone, just by trading these NFTs. And Again, is this demand going to stay consistent forever? Probably not. But guess what? In the, we're still in the early days, and so there's going to be more opportunities. And so if you're doing your research, if you're in a group that has the right mindset and is looking for the right opportunities, then I believe, yeah, there's this great ability to put very little amount of money relative to a potential return that's significant. And then on top of that, because I'm a fire guy, you know, I like things that are cash flowing, right? And you put them into cash flowing assets like real estate, hard assets, right? <laughs> Things that can actually pay you over time that are, you know, inflation hedged and whatnot. So I don't know how long this window is going to last, but I do know it's it's going to it's going to go for some time here in the next, you know, few years. Okay. Are there any Discord groups or other recommended places to to start like just hanging out and, and absorbing, maybe even as just a fly on the wall? Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's, his Discord group is called VFriends. So he created his own NFT. And in terms of buying in, it's probably a little too late because I think the floor price for his NFT is probably about nine ETH at the moment. So a little bit, uh, <laughs> a little bit expensive for most people. Like ballpark, just for the sake of reference, like 
call it 4,000 bucks. Uh, so you're looking at 36 grand to buy into his little group there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little private that's club. For the lowest. Should- yeah. So when we talk about the floor price, we're talking about the lowest price in the group of NFTs that are on sale at a given moment. Okay. Jeez. Yep. Um, but one that I like a lot right now is called Impact Theory. And this is by Tom Bilyeu. He's the creator of the Quest nutrition bars and some other things. So he's an entrepreneur that's been out there. And he does a lot of YouTube videos talking about growth mindset, being able to be an effective entrepreneur. And so he most recently built out his NFT founder's key. And he's tying this to his company called Impact Theory. And so part of his whole thing is not only educating people, of course, about NFTs in the space, but really letting them participate in the growth of the company as they come out and as they partner with different companies, as they build out other NFT projects. Part of holding this one NFT called the Founder's Key is you get additional utility and additional benefits by just holding it because Tom's building all these other side projects and or companies that are associated with impact theory. So I like that one because it's more of a longer term play. A lot of the ones that you will see though out there are going to be more short term. It's going to be like, you'll see some of these pump and dumps <laughs> essentially where people are hyping up, you know, something really quickly. One good case scenario is my friend, uh, Joe, he, he went in and we got him into this project called Mecca. And so it was these robots or, or something like that. And there was just huge hype around it. And the cool thing, again, about talking about putting up a little amount of money relative to what you can get in return was you could see the demand before they actually released the NFT. And so what they did to create a whitelist was they did a raffle. So you could submit your crypto wallet as a raffle ticket. And, you know, I think at the end of it, there was maybe about a quarter million people that entered this, this raffle. And I think they chose, I'm trying to remember how many they chose, maybe, 10,000 or so out of that amount or whatnot. So the odds were, I don't know, maybe like one in 30 or something to that effect. But he ended up scoring one and was able to buy two of these NFTs. So he put up what was, I think at the time, 0.5 ETH roughly. And within two or three hours, it turned into, I think, six ETH was the going rate. And so because he had two of them, remember, we talked about kind of hedging your bets, right? So he sold one for a full six ETH. And then the other one, he held onto it and he just let it ride because he didn't, he didn't know if it was going to go higher or go lower. Ultimately, it went lower because there was some, there was some community issues that it got a little too hyped. But again, I think there's an opportunity to build profits, short-term profits, and then collect along the way to see if there's some upside gain, which, you know, some people have been very fortunate. They've got into other things. My cousin's gotten into things like cool cats and. Board Apes Yacht Club are two of the bigger types of NFT projects that have really taken off. And so even in the space, similar to stocks, Nick, there's what we call the blue chip NFT projects. And those are the ones that have been around for a long time and that really kind of keep a stable floor price or at least continue to go up even over time. Okay. And then there's just the pure speculation side. Yeah. I think one of the things that stresses me out about this, I mean, a number of things, but one thing is like the uh, decentralization, where it's like, is there an Amazon? Is there an eBay? Is there like a, a central place to go just see what is available? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so there's a few different places, but the biggest place to go for the secondary market is a site called OpenSea. 
So if you go to your know, browser and you type in OpenSea.io, this is essentially like the eBay of NFTs on the Ethereum network. And this is where you'll see a bunch of different projects listed. You'll see even like what we just talked about, the Bored Apes and the Cool Cats. And they show you specifics, you know, what they look like, the different traits that they have, the floor price. And so you can do a lot of research from there, as well as you can connect your MetaMask and actually buy off the marketplace there. Or if you're, you, you have something that you want to sell, you can actually sell on there as well. So there, there's an opportunity on the primary market, which is basically going in and buying on the drop, which is you know the initial release. Or the secondary, once everything's you know released to the public and everyone's bought and sold, you know, you're going to see some volatility occasionally on certain projects where it'll go down, might go back up, go back down. And so there's different tools that we use. Um, one of them I use is called IC tools. And so it'll track some of the momentum and you'll be able to see kind of sometimes where there's opportunity to kind of jump in, you know, make a quick profit and then jump back out. Sorry, say that tool again. So icy.tools is actually the extension. So OpenSea secondary market, maybe not as much, <laughs> easier to use, uh, but maybe not as much you know, profit potential in the near term as you're like, as you're getting in on the ground floor from some uh, creator that's all hyped up. Is that, am I understand that correctly? Yeah, because essentially what's happening, if you're able to get in during the primary drop, you're paying significantly less, typically speaking, versus if you're buying on the secondary, then if it's already a hyped up project, it's going to be significantly more. So where can you lose a lot of money with NFTs? I would say the secondary, if you're buying projects that are already at a high price, right? If you're buying something for $10,000, then guess what? You have $10,000 to lose. Versus yeah. if you bought it from the initial drop, maybe you spent $300, right? But then you have the upside of you know gaining significantly more. That's why I kind of like the initial buying the primary drop initially and then selling into the secondary. That's the ideal situation that you kind of want to put yourself in, I believe. Yeah. Is there a way, like my, my theory or my personal taste in investing, if you could call this that, would be you know, diversification, right? Like I want to buy a REIT rather than an individual house. Like I want to spread the risk around. Is there anything similar here with like, I don't want to gamble on individual drops, but like I, I, I do see the potential for a bright future here, but like, I just, I want to cast a wider net. Is there something that exists in that space? There's now NFTs specifically. Their whole purpose is to, as a group, hold other NFTs. And what I mean by other NFTs are the bigger blue chip stocks. So let's say, for example, you don't have the money to buy a Bored Ape Yacht Club, which is like 45 ETH right now on the floor. Or you yeah, don't I'm have... looking at, at some of these on uh, OpenSea right now. Exactly, yeah. So if you don't have that money, right, you can collectively, almost like a mutual fund, right? A mutual fund, you're going out and you're buying a basket of, let's just say, blue chip stocks, right? And you hold that and you get some of that diversification. So what you're seeing now is there's actually some NFT projects that are doing the same thing. They're buying an NFT basket of these blue chip NFTs. And then the holder of these other NFTs are getting a small, you know, ownership stake in that bigger basket. So it is interesting. And, and it's, I mean, these things are very dynamic and that's where we're seeing some of these creativities coming out. Yeah. Any examples of those off the top of your head? Um, I know there's one called HeadDAO, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that's one. DAO. DAO, yeah. 
And then also, I believe there's one called Mutant Cats, which actually buys cool cats as their specific NFT of choice, blue chip. And I'm sure there's more out there, but those are the ones off the top of my head. For the ones that are purely JPEGs, they're purely digital art, and it's cool to hold art. Like I'm not knocking that in any way, but they're not tied to any greater community or additional you know, membership benefits or anything like that. <laughs> just, that just, it sounds like it's got to be a bubble. Like it's the greater fool theory where, you know, I'm counting on, I'm counting on this thing to appreciate. And I, I just don't know, like at what point do, do people's appetites for buying digital things just for the sake of having a digital thing? Like when does that run out? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I think you're you're right in that sense. There is going to come a time, right, where this you know potentially can evaporate, or at least the supply is going to you know outreach the demand. I don't think we're there quite yet, but it's it's getting there. There's more and more supply, you know, every single day, and so some of it's getting saturated. But here's the thing: part of this is not only tied to you know just the cool art of having the art. Part of this is actually also tied to our own psychology, right? And so. I'll take, for example, again, the Bored Ape Yacht Club. This is a project where people got so invested that it became a status symbol, essentially, to hold this. So no different than you know someone that's walking around with an LV purse and a name brand type of apparel. You know, why do they do that? It's because it represents something, it expresses something about their personality of you know what they have and you know who they are or whatnot and so that's why you're seeing celebrities now buy these these apes <laughs> and the first time my cousin showed me this thing he's like would you buy this for money i'm like no i don't even like apes <laughs> like why would i buy this for money he's like this thing's like worth like three eth i'm like three eth who's gonna buy that for three he's like well a lot of people i'm like really i'm like okay whatever and a week later he comes away and he's like it's up to 13 and i'm like are you kidding i'm like sell the stupid thing sell it off now he's like you know i'm just gonna hold it because you know i'm already on house money that I've already made. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Week comes by later again. And it's like up to like 30 some ETH because Steph Curry had just bought one. And so anytime, you know, these celebrities come in and they step in and they buy it. Yeah. It, it pumps it up. But what happens? Yeah. Like you said, what happens later on? Will it keep going up in demand? Maybe, maybe not. I think the early ones, yes, there's some long-term appreciation because it's so early in the space. There's always going to be novelty and some benefits to having these initial ones. I think the ones that are maybe just over the other side of the curve, yeah, they're probably going to fizzle out and they potentially will go to zero. So you do <laughs> you do want to like the art just in case that does happen. So again, that's why I kind of tell people if you do get some of these short-term upside profits, you take some off the table. You got to manage your profits. No different than when you're in Vegas, right? Don't leave all your chips on the table. You know, take some off and manage those profits and put them into other assets like real estate. <laughs> sure. Well, that's what I did with my uh, 2017 Bitcoin. And I'm kicking myself for that. Like, oh, that's why I'm the world's worst gambler. It's like, oh, I'm up 20%. Let's sell, sell, sell. It's like, oh, shoot. You know, it went from 4,000 to 60,000 uh, since then. So, in any case, um, do you have a process for? identifying and estimating potential future value or the ones that you're interested in playing around with? Yeah. You know, for me, I'm really always looking for where the highest demand is because I know that in any market, if there's a higher demand relative to supply, then there's going to be some great price appreciation potentially. And so 
more recently, when I saw the Disney was releasing their first NFTs, I got really active in, you know, figuring out, okay, how do I get access to that? And it was crazy because there was like, I think like hundreds of thousands of people trying to buy, I don't know, maybe like 10,000 NFTs. And so you had to figure out how to get an edge. And part of this is actually getting an edge, trying to figure out, okay, what do I need to do to position myself to get this NFT? Because you already know if you buy it, for example, this um, Disney one, I think we bought it for like 60 and now it's worth the floor price is about $2,500 equivalent in their, in their token. But how did you, but how do we position ourselves into that? Part of it is actually you have to make sure that you understand the app. So in this VV app, there's different kind of almost tricks, right? Little efficiency things that you can do to make sure that your timer is set perfectly so that you can get, you know, you're on the right page and not fighting with everyone else to, you know, how do you refresh your, your browser? So it's like right on the dot. And even then you might not get it right. There's always still going to be a little bit element of luck, but you can do certain things to get an edge. And so that's kind of where I focus is trying to find something with high demand and then trying to figure out, okay, is there a way that I can get an edge and then exploiting it as much as I can if, if I am able to get that edge. Okay, so I'm in the VV app now and I see they've got some like Marvel comic book covers or they've got, you know, this X-Men cover. Oh, this one says sold out. It says the price is $6.99. Is that dollars or some other currency? Um, so it's the equivalent of dollars. So you trade basically dollars for gems. So it's the equivalent of like $6.99. would be $6.99. Yeah, so you can see in that case, what happens is if you buy like a digital comic, they may release 30,000 of these all at once. And literally, as of today, and they just released one today, it sold out literally within like a second. So I didn't even get one today. I got one last week. But what happens is out of these 30,000, there's different groups. There's the commons, which are the most. There's uncommons. There's rares, ultra rares, and occasionally what's called secret rares. So these are little groupings of the kind of tag them as how rare they are. And if you get the secret rare, which is the most rare, there might only be, let's just say, 600 to 1,000 of those out of the lot of 30,000. So people naturally value those higher. And then when they go into the marketplace, they, they try to, you know, they, they have a much higher floor price. Okay, but you have to be like on, <laughs> you have to be on it. You do have to be on it. You do have to compete with everyone else. And so this is a case where there's clear demand, right? There's more demand than there is supply. And so that naturally pushes the market price higher. But in order to land it, right, you're going to have to make sure that you have an edge or you're on the spot and a little luck doesn't hurt as well. Okay. So trying to figure out how to see where there's where there's more demand than there is supply. Like in any case, that's a, a recipe for increasing asset prices. So I think that makes sense. Do you have a sense of what kind of time you're uh, dedicating to this a little hobby uh, lately? I've dumped a fair amount of time into it. That's one of the uh, benefits of living the fire life. I get to, yeah, I get to go swim and, and learn everything that I can. And so that's, you know, quite honestly, in the last year or so, I've probably put, you know, over... 100, maybe even 200 hours into this, like significant amount of time, just really learning and researching because part of it, like any, anything on the internet is there's too much information. And so being able to refine it and distill it down into its essence, as well as being able to navigate scammers out there, there's unfortunately lots of scammers um, that are trying to steal your money. Yeah, I've really kind of 
refined it down, taken the best of, you know, the people in my sphere of influence, people that have made, you know, multiple six figures, seven figures in this space, taken their strategies, kind of just refined it, right? And it all boils down to getting information, the best information quickly, efficiently, and being able to act on it quickly. What are some of the common scams people should be on the lookout for? Yeah. So the biggest scams are people in Discord will direct message you. And let's just say, for example, you wanted to Discord and you joined a new NFT group that says they're going to release an NFT, let's just say, I don't know, two weeks from now. And then you start following it and you get excited and you're all hyped up. You're like, ooh, this is going to be a great one. And you start getting direct messages from people saying, hey, you know what? I have actually insider access to this group. And look, we actually have a small window of opportunity, but you can actually buy the NFT before everyone else. And then they take you to a website that looks actually legitimate. You connect your MetaMask wallet, everything works. You actually connect up and you do a transaction all to find out that it was a you know fake website and it was a phishing, <laughs> you know, direct message, phishing message that, you know, was just scamming you out of your money. And as silly as that sounds, it's it's happening literally every day. And so because in the NFT space, when you get hyped up and emotions get involved, you get excited, right? And someone messages you, it kind of looks legit. You're like, oh, I actually have an edge. I need to act now. People, unfortunately, you know, click on that all the time and it, and it does happen. So I really try to make sure to educate people to keep their emotions at bay just for the initial, you know, as they're getting ready and then ultimately, you know, avoid losing their, their ETH to the, uh, to scammers, which are unfortunately making a ton of money right now. If you travel a lot for work or for a vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. How do you know what is the legit, you know, early access pre-drop thing versus a fake website that's going to steal your money. Yeah. So typically in the Discord, you'll find certain channels in there that are only available to the moderators. And so the moderators might have an announcement channel and they might have a links channel where they say, okay, these are the official links. I would only trust those official links in that, you know, that, that area because it's them that are, you know, creating these links. Theoretically, okay. I will say, though, that unfortunately, there's been instances where actually the project's discord has actually gotten hacked before and people have got scammed that way. So you have to be on your A game, right? You got to be always asking, OK, does this make sense? Does this look a little out of place? And in the case where some of the discord groups got hacked, they ultimately ended up giving 
the money back to the people that got scammed, but you can't always necessarily rely on that, right? I mean, if the NFT group, you know, doesn't have that liquidity, then they're not going to, they're not going to pay you back. So you always have to just take everything with a grain of salt. And again, the more educated they are that you are, or if you're in a group that can kind of give you some like guidance, I think that's where you can leverage other people's experience and be able to kind of know with a certain degree of certainty, okay, this is potentially legit versus not. Yeah. There's the the rabbit hole goes, goes deep on this one. (laughs) It does. It does. Any examples from your own uh, experience in doing this where you not necessarily got scammed, but you made a, made a purchase you shouldn't have or lost some money? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's a little bit of a rite of passage, right? When you start investing in the NFT space Um, and similar to stocks, right? It's about the overall net, right? So do you have more winners than losers or whatnot? Because you can't know everything, right? Everything at some point is a little bit of an educated guess. And so you want to put yourself in a higher expected return position, of course. And if you do that consistently over time, then you'll make money. But yeah, there's been times where I got hyped up on a project and bought into it because like I was into the FOMO. I was the fear of missing out on this great, you know, project that was coming out and everyone seemed that, you know, it was going to go, it's going to go to the moon. They say it's going to go. That's one of the terms we use in NFT space. It's going to go to the moon (laughs) and it's going to be like, you know, 20 ETH and you get in there and you see it start rising. You're like, oh yeah, I got in at the right time. And then the next morning you turn on the computer and it's like, you know, half of what you bought it at. You're like, what happened? And so you can't always know. And and speaking of scams, I actually almost got scammed a couple of times. And and I'm pretty, I'd say I'm pretty savvy. You know, I owned a IT company that did security before. And even I almost got scammed just because you get so caught up in the hype and you see these direct messages come on. So maybe just turn off some of those direct messages completely and you won't have to deal with that. But you just have to use, I think, some common sense and then use other people as a team to really kind of validate and make sure that you're thinking clearly. Because again, emotions get heavily invested sometimes when you're dealing with you know big sums of money or whatnot. So get a second opinion. Are you comfortable sharing a sense of what the portfolio looks like today in terms of maybe um, a percentage of you know your overall net worth uh, for one, and then just like what kind of volume of NFTs are you uh, buying, selling on a weekly, monthly basis? As a fire blogger, I actually do share my net worth online. And so just to kind of give you a sense, because this is a speculative play, this is literally like, you know, a fraction of my overall net worth. Um, you know, we're trending somewhere maybe close to like 3 million or so overall. But in terms of NFTs, you know, I might have about 50 to 60 grand invested into there currently. Could it potentially go up further? Yeah. But right now, it's just a matter of just focusing, I think, on the higher upsides and not chasing things. Because yes, I could go in and I could buy some so-called blue chip NFTs. But the thing with that is I think all the profit has already run its course. Not all the profit, but some of the profit has already run its course. And so again, there's a bigger risk if I invest in like a bigger thing. So again, I'm looking for the smaller ones, right? And helping people, helping my friends that have asked me, hey, can you show me what you're doing? And so it's more about focusing on these little wins with these crazy, like, you know, 30, 40, 50 X returns. So yeah, overall, just to kind of give you in a sense, like on the VV app, I started out with, I think, $200. And I started, you know, flipping these NFTs on their marketplace. And I turned the $200 into like $1,400. 
And then I took that and then I bought the first Spider-Man NFT that ever came out. And that one has been great. I mean, I bought it for $400 equivalent in their token in the gems. And now it's, you know, about 16,000 or so. And then now I'm buying, I bought the, uh, the Disney ones. And so the, you know, the VV portfolio alone might be, you know, 20, $30,000 worth of NFTs in there. There's about 46 or so. Um, and then on the Ethereum network, you know, there's probably have another 20 or so in there. But that one I'm taking a little bit slower because I want to make sure that I'm going in getting some longer term opportunities. And this is where I think, again, on the Ethereum network, because you're dealing in larger amounts, you definitely kind of want to navigate, I think, in a more, I like to say, a smarter way where you're not just like throwing money at stuff. And so I'm invested in that one impact theory uh, with Tom Bilyeu, which is a longer roadmap. He's literally talking 10 years out. And so I like kind of investing in people that have a very strong track record over time. So I think as you start thinking about this, right, it's not just about the NFT. It's about the people that are behind the project, as well as the community that they're building behind it. And because part of that becomes the ultimate utility of that overall NFT. And so that's what I'm looking at as well in terms of a long-term investment. Yeah, I'm thinking about this in terms of, you know, a member, like from the creator standpoint of a membership community or something. But then it's like, well, if your alternative is charging people 50 bucks a month, you know, to join your community, you know, here you're getting a one-time buy-in and maybe it's a higher one-time buy-in and then they can go out and resell that. Uh, It's, I don't know. And plus there's all these hurdles like, well, you got to buy some ether and then you got to put it in your wallet. And then you got to, it's like from the creator standpoint, I wonder if you're cutting off a segment of your audience that (laughs) <laughs> could care less about this. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I think everyone has to kind of do what's right for them. You know, even in my book, I, I don't talk about crypto or, or anything about NFTs. The only reason why I find this so fascinating is because again, at the early stages of this, no different than dot-com. What I do regret is that I did buy some Amazon at $10 a share. Okay. And what I do regret, because I did have in my mind, I realized that the technology was moving forward because I was in technology, I knew about cloud technology well before anyone even knew what the cloud was, right? And so I'm like, I'm going to buy some Amazon. They're building out infrastructure. And it was a great you know, investment. And I sold it off over time. My biggest regret is I didn't invest more, right? And so now I kind of feel like I'm in that same position where it's like, you know what? I see where this technology is going. Do I know exactly what to invest in today? Not necessarily, but I know the opportunities are going to continue to come out. And I want to be positioned to basically capitalize on that. And so when I do see them and I see these big demand things, or I see things that are going to be very unique in the space that are never again going to come about, for example, like the Spider-Man NFT, right? I knew there's never going to be another first Marvel NFT ever again, because it's literally locked into place now. So for me, it made, it was like a no-brainer. It's like, okay, well, for 400 bucks, I'm going to go after this. And I'm glad that I did. And and it's now obviously growing over time just because of that, that thought. And so no different, I think, as we move forward, there's tons of opportunities that are coming into play. And so, you know, even with my own group, it's all about that. It's about kind of identifying some of these short-term ones, these asymmetric risk to reward opportunities, catching some of that, cashing out, I <laughs> think, and not writing it per se. Or if you are going to do more of a longer term play, you do it with what's called house money, right? With money that you've already profited on. 
And no different than in my VV account, you know, I turned that $400 into now like 15,000 and I bought all these other ones. And a lot of it's just playing with house money. And so I think part of it, Nick, is, is a mindset. I think that's what I kind of want to share is part of it is a mindset and know that, you know, in terms of a grander portfolio, this is not my focus, right? My main focus is in like real estate and entrepreneurship. Yeah. We're talking, like you said, like sub, sub 5% of the overall uh, pie here. Yeah. But, but if you think about it, there's certain opportunities that come along in history and in time where you're presented with an opportunity and I think it makes sense to potentially act, even if it's, you know, you, you might lose a little bit. Obviously, don't bet the house on it. Don't bet your college, your kid's college education on it. But if you have, you know, a few hundred dollars that you could, you know, otherwise put to use that may have gone elsewhere and you have a potential of having a significant upside, then I say, hmm, something to think about. Something to think about. Absolutely. Uh, I've been trying to consume some some content in this arena and have yet to purchase my first NFT, have yet to create my first NFT, but got to have a sense that it's coming down the road. So, uh, Michael, really appreciate you joining me here. Financiallyalert.com is where you can find him. Again, the Fire Planner book, you can find that uh, there and on Amazon as well. And I want to wrap up with like, what is next for you? Where do you, where do you want to take this thing? Is this going to continue to be a hobby? Where, where are you going to go? Yeah, so what's fascinating, Nick, is that, you know, again, I told you that because I come from this kind of fire space, short-term gains is not really where I typically help people. But what I also realized was that in the NFT space, people are going to do it regardless. People are fascinated by making quick money. And and I get it. There's sometimes there's opportunities, like I said, where it makes sense to put a little down in potential of getting something, you know, significant in return. And so what I realized was that, you know, all my friends were asking me how to do this. And so part of my entrepreneurial spirit was to, you know what, let's create an investment group. Let's create a place where I can help educate people about NFTs specifically, people that know nothing about NFTs. And ultimately, how do you buy your first NFT? How do you make sure that it's a, you know, decent potential to earn a profit? How do you you know, figure out and navigate the the discords and all these Twitter accounts and and really distill down the information because there's too much information out there. And so I created a group called NFTs Unlocked. And, you know, specific for your listeners, Nick, we created a special affiliate code side hustle where you'll get 25% off the initial join fee if you're interested in joining or whatnot. But if nothing else, I would say you know, just go out there and take some action. And some of that action could literally just be getting educated, understanding what the bigger picture looks like for cryptocurrency, for commerce as we move forward. What does it mean to, you know, have a smart contract and how does that affect different things? Just having that extra knowledge and knowing where the potential markets will be built upon in the future gives you an advantage over 99% of other people out there. And I think it's in this little window, this little space where we can really build additional opportunities for us and our family. Yeah, I think it's still, I think it's still early days. Obviously it's very uh, early days and hopefully it doesn't end up just being like 1999 and the the huge bubble uh, bursts. But then out of the ashes of that, like rose, you know, web 2.0 and all this other tech. Like if you had, you know, exited all of your NASDAQ stuff, like in 1999, you would have missed the last 20 years. So, right. I think we're totally early days on this. Makes sense to educate and do your best to, you know, dabble, skate where the puck is going and, you know, protect your downside along the way. 
But again, that's at nftsunlocked.com. Michael, thanks for sharing that. We'll uh, link that up in the show notes for you. Let's wrap this thing up with uh, your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. My number one tip is actually nothing specific to investing, but it's more about taking the time to understand what your current beliefs are and understanding how do your beliefs affect your daily life? You know, how are your beliefs leading your current life? And if you shifted some of these, how could it potentially lead to enhanced life? How could life be even better? And the reason why I ask that is because Sometimes we get so caught up in life and we don't take the time to really come back to understanding what drives us. And at the end of the day, if we're not enjoying life, if we're not enjoying the present day, and then also looking out towards the future, it can be not as compelling as as I know it can be. So I think just taking the time to maybe journal and get clear on where you're at and where you want to go, I think it does wonders. All right, Michael, appreciate you joining me. Again, nftsunlocked.com. Check out the blog at financiallyalert.com and we'll catch up with you soon. All right, hope you enjoyed that chat with Michael. Again, this is very much the tip of the iceberg when it comes to NFTs. I'm in the early stages of consuming educational content on the topic, but the way I see it, there are at least three ways for side hustlers to get involved. Number one is on the creator side, building projects for your fans, for your followers, for your community, and then using NFT drops to fund those and have the community support you in that way. Number two is the longer term bet on the future of this technology, either as a collector or a patron, or as an investor in the broader space through certain tokens, cryptocurrencies, or even Web3 ETFs, like trying to place a bet on a basket of companies building on top of these technologies. And for what it's worth, this is where I'm at at the moment with my own cash. And then number three is the shorter term, more active NFT trading, NFT flipping. For this, I think it makes sense to immerse yourself in education before making any large investments. And large, of course, is relative to what you're comfortable with. But know what you're getting yourself into. There's this natural gold rush mentality whenever you hear about people making outsized returns relative to the effort or the perceived effort. But I want to urge caution here. I'd rather have you embrace the FOMO, which can be very real when it seems like everyone around you is making a killing. I'd rather have you do that than go out and get scammed or take up a position that you can't afford to lose and have the bottom fall out of it. This episode may end up aging horribly, but NFTs were too big a story to ignore this year. One line from Michael that stood out to me was his note about an asymmetric risk-reward opportunity. And I think that's side hustles in a nutshell, not just NFT investing. How can you start something low risk, low cost that has the potential to turn into a big win? And we've seen that over and over again from guests who've started uh, service businesses for next to nothing and built those up, product businesses for a minimum upfront investment, buying real estate with leverage, building online businesses with sweat equity. Chris Gillibo had an article on this recently too, and he Use the example of asking for an upgrade on your flight. Asymmetric risk-reward opportunity. Costs you nothing. If it fails, you're no worse off. And if it works, you've just scored yourself a measurably better experience for the next several hours on your flight. So not just with NFTs, but with side hustles in general. If you protect your downside and position yourself for something that can scale on the upside, it's only a matter of educating yourself to learn how the game is played and then taking enough swings before you find the one that hits. So be on the lookout for those asymmetric risk-reward opportunities in the new year. 
I'm sure I've talked about this before, but I still remember sitting in my girlfriend, uh, my wife-to-be's dorm room at the University of Washington, trying to figure out, this is freshman year, if I should take on this house painting internship, which turned out to be a really important and formative entrepreneurial experience for me. She said, yeah, it might suck, but so what if it does? It's three months of your life. What's the worst thing that happens? So having a realistic worst case scenario in mind is something that I found helpful because usually it's not going to be life-threatening. Big thanks to Michael for sharing his insight. Thanks to FreshBooks for sponsoring this week. Visit freshbooks.com slash side hustle to start your 30-day completely free trial today of the number one invoicing and accounting solution for freelancers and service providers everywhere. That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Happy New Year to you. Here's to a prosperous 2022. Can you believe it? To you and your family. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show, where we're going to cover some quick and easy optimizations that you can make to upgrade your life and make it your best year yet. I'll see you then. Hustle on. What does NFT stand for? I don't know. Neft? Like, not for toddlers, never forget tofu. Ew. Any guesses? Noodle fudge tarantula. Noodle fudge tarantula? Maybe so. What do you think of these monkeys? Funny. This is called the Bored Ape Yacht Club. (laughs) Some people are buying these monkeys. Guess how much money? How much? Do you have a guess? $18,000. You know, you're not far off. Some of these are probably worth more than $18,000. Top bid, it says forty-five, but that's this currency is worth like $4,000 a piece. So that's like $175,000 or something. Would you pay $175,000 for this funky looking monkey with a hat? No. Yeah, you could buy a house in some parts of the country with that much. Which one is your favorite? The one that sticks his tongue out. Oh my gosh, that's even more expensive. That's crazy. You're a pretty good artist. You're making lots of pictures these days. You think somebody would pay $160,000 for some of your pictures? Well, I actually made a picture and I costed it for $1,000 a million. You know, it only takes one, right? You're almost six. Got any big plans for being six? Booby trapped on you. What else is going to happen when you're six? I got to go to first grade. Well, after a while, you got to finish kindergarten first. Yeah, I know. Is kindergarten pretty cool? Yeah. What are you learning? Comparing things. That's kind of cool. Maybe they should teach you about NFTs. I'm still trying to figure it all out. All right, you want to be done? Yes, I'm thirsty.